sequence start. Six, five, four, three, two, one. Welcome to Ignition. I'm your host, Dr. Chris Bergwald, and we want to set your faith ablaze so that you might live the adventure that comes from a relationship with Jesus Christ. Before we get into today's topic, we want you to know that we love listener feedback. So if you've got questions about today's episode, or if you have ideas for future episodes, please contact us. The easiest way to do that is by email, and the address is ignition at sfcatholic.org. Again, ignition at sfcatholic.org. I'm happy excited, ecstatic, overjoyed, honestly, um, to be joined in the studio today by Father Andrew Dickinson. Is exaggeration a sin? Uh, Not always. Sometimes. Okay. But I said seriously. I am excited. Okay. That's good. Um, I'm excited to be here. So we're recording. You're you're probably listening to this, um, listeners, mid-September or later, but we're recording um, mid-July, actually, and next month will have been the 10th anniversary of your first of many appearances on this fine podcast and radio station, radio show called Ignition. <laughs> um, I'll let Father introduce himself in a moment, but he and I are going to be talking today about a number of ideas that intrigue us. Uh, Father and I, like it or not, uh, I guess you can stop listening, but um, we, we both like to think about things, um, and there are a few ideas that have really been intriguing us of late. Um, the first one we're going to start with in momentarily is just the, the, the tension of life of, uh, we'll, we'll get into it later. And then maybe we'll talk about, um, what life was like before Christianity for most of the world. If we get there again, if you've never listened to ignition though, before my name is Chris Bergwald, I'm the director of adult discipleship and evangelization with the diocese of Sioux Falls, been in that role since 2002. Um, so 18 years as you're listening to this, um, more importantly, since 1999, been in the role of husband to Jermaine. She's from Ohio. I'm from, from central Minnesota. All five of our kids, though, are born and raised here in sunny Sioux Falls, South Dakota. Hashtag blessed. Amen. Father Andrew Dickinson, as I've said many times, who are you? Uh, I am uh, a priest of the Diocese of Sioux Falls, uh, just recently uh, uh, installed and appointed as the pastor of Sacred Heart in Aberdeen, uh, South Dakota, with some responsibilities at Sacred Heart in Westport. Uh, I was born and raised in South Dakota in the beautiful town of Yankton uh, to my parents, uh, David and Joanne. Uh, and uh, yeah, very love being a priest, but I was ordained in 2006. And uh, yeah, I don't know. I guess I'm a thinker, but I don't know if I think well <laughs> for today's topic. <laughs> that's a, that's, that'll be for the listeners to decide, I suppose. Yes. Um, uh, yeah. So, so just a little bit more history. Um, up until I think it's two years. Up until about two years ago, mm-hmm. uh, Father was my almost weekly. He was my regular co-host. Yep. So that's why I said all those those nice words at the beginning <laughs> about why it's 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 good to have him back on the show. So. Um, my spiritual director had told me I'd done enough penance, and so I didn't have to regularly wow. be the co- <laughs> co-host. Wow. Um, so he wasn't. Excuse Brookings. me. Excuse me. I said my spiritual director said you've done enough penance. <laughs> okay, that, that makes it better. I was gonna say uh, Father Ben in Brookings, um, pastor at St. Paul's in White, and director of the Newman Center at South Dakota State in Brookings. Um, I sent him further away, but the bishop made it look. It made, you know, <laughs> Aberdeen's three hours away, as opposed to the hour. Yeah. To Brookings from Sioux Falls. Yeah. Um, the tension is just thick here. It is. The, uh, 
<laughs> so, so um, one of the realities, uh, listeners, that that Father and I want to talk about for Christians, um, there's this term in in what's called the theology, the part of theology called eschatology, about um, the reality of how we're living now um, in the already but not yet of of where we're at. So we're already in it, we're, we're, heaven has begun. The kingdom of heaven came with the incarnation, um, as and and we joined it by our baptism. So in a sense, we're already participating in heaven, and yet it's not yet complete. It's not yet in its fullness, as we can see by looking not just at the world around us, but in our hearts, which are full of sin. Yep. More or less. Um, but so there's a tension in, in the Christian life, right, Father? Right. Uh, and then that tension, and the way I've been thinking about tension is not just in that eschatological sense of already and not yet. Okay. But, you know, in numerous areas, like uh, part of orthodoxy and orthodox belief is holding things in tension, mm. right? So whether it's the Holy Trinity, right? Three, Three persons and one. and one God. And, you know, when you try to resolve it too far one side or the other, you move away from right belief and right worship. Yep. Uh, that uh, the incarnate uh, Son of God is both fully God and fully, fully man. man. And when you run into troubles is when you start to overemphasize, overemphasize one side or another as if to resolve the tension. So to collapse one into the other. So Trinity example, uh, three, well, three kind of ways of being God in the one God. That's modalism. That's modalism. Yeah, or one. Well, it's just maybe just three gods. Uh, that's tritheism. Eh. Three and one. Yeah, yeah. Three persons, one God. And so, uh, so looking at tension as a way to kind of understand uh, a hallmark, maybe, of right belief. Yeah, uh, and uh, of of right belief in in the world as well. And I think it's I think it's it's even a human notion, not just a theological notion. But uh, there's aspects in your own just human life where uh, tension is good, or even like tension in the physical world. Uh, you don't make music without tension. Oh, right, sure. So, so like plucking the spring of a uh, string rather of a guitar, right? Or uh, the the reed on a, a clarinet. Yeah, you know the wind, uh, your breath going over it to vibrate it, and that way there's a, there's a tension, a vibration of the instrument. You know, and uh, you have to allow the instrument to sing, so mm. to speak, uh, allowing it to 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 be under that tension uh, to move. And uh, so, yeah, I think it's just a fascinating idea to bring into. Uh, the way you look at some of the things of faith and to look at some of the, the the problems that we have or difficulties we have in living faith in our world today is oftentimes where we trying or others are trying to just kind of resolve away the tension. I think um, so. One example, as you as, as we were talking about this before we started recording, that to me really like from right now that that resonates that puts flesh on this idea is the reality of the pandemic. COVID yep. and, and how um, we want to, again, kind of collapse one pole into the other or vice versa. So you see the reality of people, I call them um, doomsdayers and downplayers or deniers where doomsdayers, this is like the worst thing ever. Right. Downplayers and deniers, oh, what's the big deal? This is just like, or no worse than, or even less bad than. And in fact, the reality is somewhere in between there, the, the tension between the two. Right. And, it, and it's not a clean um, median. Yeah. You know, it's not a halfway, halfway, but just that, no, there's a kind of a living tension. Uh, again, this is not a theological notion yep. about yep. Uh, uh, the 2020 COVID uh, pandemic, but, but just, yeah, but how do I occupy the space? 
you know, and, and like, uh, my mom kind of brought to my mind, uh, my mom's 80 years old, uh, uh, one of the wisest persons I know. And she was saying, you know, just, I just have to learn how to live in this time. Mm. You know, we just have to learn how to live in this time and just ad- adapt things, you know, and, and she's talking about kind of living with that tension, right? you know, not just kind of, well, I'm just going to hold myself up in the house and never come out. Yep. Or I'm just going to act like there's no big deal. And I'm just going to kind of go on as well. Well, no, I'm going to still take some precautions because I'm 80 years old. I'm yeah. healthy, but I'm 80. Um, and so I'm going to be attentive to some things, but at the same time, uh, I can't just kind of let it collapse in on itself. Um, yeah. And so just how do I navigate that tension? You know, when you think about, uh, anxiety in people's lives, sure. not just even COVID related, but in other ways, you know, it's learning how to live in, uh, a tension of life. So kind of connecting that, that that's the way in which it, we're living in the not yet. Right. Cause we, we don't have all, we don't have certitude about life. Um, right. and we don't have maybe even more for many people control over what's going on. And so our illusions have been shaken, um, uh, shattered maybe. So we're trying to deal with this, this tension of how to live now, or maybe we thought we had it all figured out before. So, uh, if, if I get, if I get you right in that way, what you're saying is kind of connecting back to the early Christian eschatological phrase that Christians live in already and not yet. Yep. And, uh, already being that the kingdom of God is here and it's here in power and grace, but it's not yet here in the fullness of uh, every tear being wiped away yep. and uh, the groaning of creation uh, being fulfilled in Christ Jesus. Right. So, sorry, go ahead. Yep. yep. And so, uh, and so the, the experience of COVID-19 then is experienced in the sense of the not yet. Yep. And now everyone who like the, the, some of the different responses to COVID-19 aren't necessarily theological responses. Uh, I yep. don't think though. Yep. Um, but I think there is a connection like that's an experience of that early church phrase of the not yet. Yes. Uh, And also it's a challenging one because I think in our modern mindset, we think we've made a paradise on earth. Utopia. Right. Um, In the sense that we we think, well, I mean, if it's hot out, I turn the AC on. Yep. Uh, If uh, I need to go to the bathroom, I buy toilet paper. And some of those things have kind of been upset. Yep. You know, in the COVID thing, if I have a sickness, I get a pill, you know, and there's just an easy, quick, modern medical response. Um, and so to, to live in the tension of the fact that we don't have that, yep. you know, that, uh, this earthly paradise that we thought we'd made, uh, conquering, uh, through science, uh, oh, science takes longer than we thought, <laughs> you know, uh, uh, yes, we have a clean, uh, understanding of the surface, uh, RNA aspects of, uh, the Corona uh, virus and how it implants in epithelial cells or things like that. But it takes time still to do the science. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. If you're just tuning in and you listen to Ignition, I'm Chris Bergwald, your host, joined today by my longtime, now sadly former co-host, Father Andrew Dickinson of Sacred Heart Parish in Aberdeen, South Dakota. Just talking about the tension um, that, that we're called to live, part of which is theological. Uh, as baptized Christians, we already live in the kingdom of God, but yet, not yet its fullness. And yet this is just simply also the reality of life as creatures. Well, and if I could say, it's not, uh, dare I say, with the early church fathers, that this tension we experience as creatures, right, is actually made to help us better understand the theological truths that would eventually be revealed in Christ Jesus, that the Eucharist is both the body, blood, soul, and divinity, and yet still appears to be bread and wine. Right, right. You know, these things are faith that are in tension, these earthly points of tension, uh, whether it's the physical tension of needing an Achilles tendon, 
right? To be uh, incredibly taunt and strong, but at the same time, like if that tension goes away, you're sunk, <laughs> right? Yes, literally. Um, and uh, uh, that that teaches us this idea of like how to live in the tension of like theological definitions and realities. With, with the theology side, I mean, listeners may have heard the Catholic both and. I mean, there's so many things. We talked about Trinity, uh, Jesus' divine and human nature, so many ways where, um, well, is it this or that? And the Catholic response is yes, yes. both. Yep, yep. <laughs> um, that's and, entirely unhelpful. <laughs> and <laughs> Well, that's that's the way, because I, I think, and the connection then to live reality, to life, is that we're creatures, we're not the creator. Right. Uh, we are, as creatures, we are subordinate to everything, in a, in a sense, subordinate to everything around us. We're in the sense that we don't control it all, yeah. despite our desires to. Right. And, we, you know, a big theological question that boggles a lot of people's minds, uh, free will and divine uh, omnipotence. Yep. Yep. And uh, divine, divine omnipotence and omniscience. So if God knows what you're going to do, do you really are have you free really will free? to do it? Oh, Absolutely. dude. Well, that, that's a tension you have to live in. Yep. And authentic, like the Catholic authentic theology in the way holds it in attention. Yep. Uh, that way, ho- allows it to be tense Right. in that regard uh, between those things without a, a clear resolution, which part of that is that humility uh, that we can't fully see the depths of the mystery. Those things are unknown to us, uh, but we hope to see them when we see God face to face. So as a pastor, you are in a sense uh, a doctor of souls. How do you how do you encourage uh, counsel whatever word you want to use people to live in this tension and avoid that temptation to collapse either of these poles into another again not just theology but lived mm-hmm. life you know um, number one would just be in like speaking to the realities of that uh, in uh, homilies and other messages just uh, you know so for right now and trying to shepherd people. In, in their return to the uh, outward and public practice of the faith uh, in Sunday Mass. You know, uh, we won't, acknowledging that we won't have a perfectly safe Mass. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, you can't have a hermetically sealed Mass. Okay. With absolutely risk free. Right. And so uh, uh, we can't resolve the tension that there is risk in going to Mass. You know, I can tell you we're going to do it as best we can, as carefully as we can, that we're open to examine uh, things you might be missing, uh, that we're consulting uh, those from our parish. Uh, you know, when I was at the Newman Center, we had uh, smart people who worked at uh, animal diagnostic labs at SDSU <clears throat> who have been working with cleanliness with COVID viruses in the animal setting for decades. Right. You know, right. and they're like, oh, no, like, here, here's what you need to do. It's like, oh, that's a font of knowledge. This right. is awesome. You know, or someone who's uh, uh, in the parish who's an HVAC expert, you know, who talks about, you know, how do, uh, you know, still have conditioned air while still having fresh ventilated mm. air, you know, because air conditioning is not always fresh air. Right. 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 And uh, if you didn't know that. Um, and so, but how can we do it to make sure that we have both fresh air and conditioned air uh, at the same time so that we're not uh, rebreathing the air all the time, thus maybe increasing some risk. But yeah, um, so number one, just kind of talking. And I think even just to acknowledge that the tension's okay. Mm. Right. Um, I mean, what do you mean by that? Like we should expect it. Yeah. We said it's okay. We should expect it. Like right. you're, there's nothing wrong with you if you're experiencing tension. Right. So the tension is not a sign that you're doing something wrong. Yeah. The tension is not a sign that you're a failure. The tension is not a sign that uh, disaster is looming. Okay. Um, yeah. I mean, like, like you think about, I've, I've never done slacklining. Um, you know what a slack line no. is? I oh, don't know what a slack line is, no. dude. 
Um, <laughs> uh, how old you roll this now? 16. 16. Wow. Well, yeah. Okay. Maybe soon. Um, so slack line is just basically, it's like a tightrope and you just like tie it between like two things, like two trees. Yeah. You just go My and buddy walk has on. one of those. Yeah. All yeah. right. And, but like, so I've never done it cause I've got a horrible sense of balance, but from what I understand of it, like th- there's the sense like you, there is, there's going to be movement. Sure. You know, it's uh, not, this going to be totally stone. You got to be okay with the fact that there's going to be some movement and you have to learn how to move with the line. Right. Uh, since th- this is radio, you don't see me swaying back and forth right now. So I talk to Dr. Bergwald. <laughs> da, da, but, da, yeah. da. Does that make some sense? Yep. 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 The, the thing I th- like, uh, really tall, really mm. tall, um, skyscrapers are, are built in order because of the wind in order to sway. So you got it used. If you're on one of the top floors, the building's going to be moving and yep. you just got to get used to, this is how things are at work. Right. This is design. This is in, within the design parameters. Yeah. Yep. It's in, 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 ironically, in that case, it's, it's there to make it safe. Yeah. So like kind of an idea that uh, I've heard a bit of, but haven't done, uh, done a deep dive into is the idea of being anti-fragile. Mm. Um, have you heard of that idea Mm-mm. before? Okay. So, uh, Joshua Hothschild. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah so he, he did a lecture theologian. on this theologian, uh, at Mount St. Mary's college. Oh, I think so. In Emmitsburg, Maryland. Yep. And he has a great book. Uh, by the way, on a mind at peace yes. that he wrote with, with Jared Bloom, Christopher, Christopher Bloom, Christopher Bloom, uh, about, Bl- uh, yeah. B-L-U-M. B-L-U-M. Yep. And, uh, my mind at peace, uh, about how to kind of have peace of mind in a digital age. Mm-hmm. And it's really uh, a sharp book, but he had this lecture that he gave to a like classic society or something, um, about, you know, what it means to be anti-fragile. Uh, and so fragile course being something that breaks easily. Right. Right. Um, and you know, some things that are brittle might be strong in some ways, but they're also fragile. Yeah. And T- so the titanium is an incredibly strong and brittle metal. Yeah. 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 It's like titanium can have like, uh, some different, <clears throat> uh, yeah, it's the different factors of metal. And I don't, uh, know it off the top of my head right there. You, you might know, but like in the sense of like, there's some things titanium is really good at doing mm-hmm. and some things it's not really good right. at doing. Right. Right. Um, cement, you know, cement, the properties of cement, a uh, civil engineer would tell you that it's uh, really good under certain stresses, not so good under under other stresses. Right. And uh, it's like learning how to use. So in the same way with our humanity, then the, this tension is an okay stress. Yep. You know, um, so, so this anti-fragile is this still. So, so I'm, I'm, cu- I'm curious why he uses that phrase as a pro as opposed to whatever the antonym for fragile is like to me, I wonder if there's something deliberate. Do you recall from the lecture by chance why he chose? To- that was months ago. Okay. So. And, and, and even like months before COVID. So that means it was oh, years, years ago. ago. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, and so I'll maybe try to send it to you sometime, which doesn't help you listeners, by the way, quick rabbit hole. Yep. That Down was before, the rabbit hole. That was before COVID, so so years ago. Yeah, I, that's what do you, let's talk about that for a little bit. That, that COVID reality, feels like it's years ago. Yeah, yeah. Be, because I totally know what you'd be like. Yeah. Uh, our, so our, our our new bishop, Bishop Donald DeGrude, was ordained February fourteenth, twenty twenty. Thirteenth. Thirteenth, twenty twenty. Turned fifty five on February fourteenth, um, which was about ten years ago. Is how right. it feels. Right. <laughs> What do you like? That's a fascinating thing about reality, isn't it? Another fascinating thing about real this tension, and yet when things get really intense, time like I don't know, it speeds up. I guess. Well, but uh, our time, sense of things. Time is a measure of motion. Yeah. Even yes. even like physically speaking, you know, time uh, a second is so many shakes of a cesium atom. Right. Right. And that's how it's right. defined. This is the chemical engineer in your brain, right? Uh, and uh, 
so we've had a lot of motion. Yes. You know, in the, uh, well, today, um, today, four months ago was the last time I celebrated a public mass with Sunday obligation. Mm. Actually, I think the Sunday obligation was already waived. It was, it was by, yeah. So we're recording mid July. So yeah, by, by mid, mid, July 15th. So March 15th was the last time, uh, it was the last public mass before we suspended public masses. Mm -hmm. Um, and uh, yeah, a, a lot's happened. And so if time yeah. is a measure of motion, motion then we, just, we had a lot of motion. Yeah. But, ironically, and many people spent it at home. And yet, so it's, well, there wasn't a lot going on. I was bored out of my mind, binging on Netflix. But you're anxious out of your mind exactly. in terms of like, what's going to happen next? What's yes. going to happen next? You yes. know? Um, so, so, so anxious. I don't mean, so let's bring that back. So that was, yeah, that, that's a fascinating thing to me that, that reality when there's a lot going on, time speeds up that way. Um, so anti-fragile tension, tension, tension. So just back to tension, I suppose. And so I, I, I can't give you the reason why, uh, Dr. Yeah, yeah, Hoth, yeah. Hothschild, Hochschild. Hochschild. Hoch. Yeah. Come on. The professor from Mount St. Mary's in Emmitsburg yes, uh, and author of A Mind at Peace, uh, why he chose the phrase anti-fragile. I think it had to do with a book that he read by someone else. Okay. But um, yeah. if you're just tuning in and listening to Ignition, I am Dr. Chris Bergwald, your host with my longtime, for, now former, sadly, co-host, Father Andrew Dickinson, talking about the reality of tension, not just in theology, but also in life. And, and just the last few minutes about how we, how, how we live with that. Yeah, I, I think one place maybe to finish up, I don't know if this will take us to the end or not, but is the idea of, uh, first of all, tension within the community of the church and then tension within the community of man. Mm. Right. Because I think, you know, I think we see in a lot of ways, both of these things. So one of the things that uh, kind of continued my, my little train of tension thought was, um, choo -choo. Choo -choo. Uh, some, uh, someone was talking through social media just about, um, well, a couple of conversations, one on social media, one with my mom again, wise woman, um, about the idea of kind of the, the purity movement in the church of this idea to create a pure church on earth. And this also came in, in the book, uh, Dominion, okay. uh, by Tom Holland, which I read, uh, in these COVID days, um, Dominion's a kind of a history of, uh, the Christian effect on the world, uh, especially in uh, the West, but then, uh, throughout the, the edge of the globe. And he, he's a professional historian, but not a Christian himself, if I recall. Correct. Yeah. But if, uh, yeah, but you can see he might have some warming <clears throat> thoughts as he wrote that book. Right. Yeah. And not to be confused with Spider-Man. Right. <laughs> Although on Twitter, he's often confused with Spider-Man and he gets quite a chuckle about it. I'm sure he does. Um, so anyways, they're both British. I mean, so how many Tom Hollands can there really be in England? Apparently at know? least two. At least two. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and, and the historian has the better Twitter handle. But so, uh, and so in his book, he talks a bit how, how, you know, there's this always this, uh, one of the problems in Christian community is this desire to uh, resolve, falsely resolve the tension of the fact that the church is holy, but yet made of yes. sinners. And uh, you can see that in varieties of things, uh, uh, whether like the, the Anabaptist movement of a city set on a hill trying to have the city of God here on earth. Uh, in its purity, so trying already. to accomplish that, uh, not yet, which isn't the case yet. Yep, uh, or uh, like maybe the Lutheran tendency uh, to kind of uh, uh, absolve the sinner and kind of just ju uh, judicially cover over the sins yep. and faults of another. Yep. That God has taken care of them; we don't really have to work at them, yep. so to speak. Um, and uh, so, um, 
so to see that ecclesially, both within the Catholic Church and then within other Christian movements, there's always this tension, there's a problem of people wanting to resolve the tension of the holiness of the church, the sanctity of the church, church is holy, but yet the church is made of sinners. Right, right. So for me, like an example, just uh, me as a layman working professionally with the church, uh, but I know for you, even more for you as a priest, that 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 tension there where um, a need for reform, but sometimes we can be too hasty and overly zealous and yep. jump in and, yep. and we're going to, we're going to, we're going to. We got to rebuild, start again. But that's where Jesus warns us, uh, one of his parables, not to pull up the the weeds too hastily. Right. For you may also pull up the the wheat as well. Right. You know, uh, in Matthew thirteen, I think is where we have. Uh, um, it might be Matthew thirteen, I believe, where we have some of those parables of Jesus of yeah. the kingdom. Yes. That the kingdom of God is like uh, you know the field in which the uh, farmer plants uh, weed in the middle of the night. Uh, wheat, wheat, <laughs> and the middle of the night, his opponent, his enemy, comes and uh, sows uh, weeds. And the, uh, instead of uprooting the weeds at the risk of the uprooting the wheat, uh, the farmer waits until the harvest, yeah, the end of time, uh, and then sorts uh, the wheat f- from the weeds. Right. In the same way, too, the parable of the kingdom of God, the church, being like a great net cast into the sea. Uh, right. which draws in all manner of fishes, but it's only on the shore at the end of the fishing that they're sorted out Yep. in that way. So, yeah, so that the, there's a push sometimes to uh, ignore that tension and, and not live in what Jesus tells us we have to live in. Yeah, yeah. What's what's What would you think, do you have the example that comes to mind of the opposite approach then? Um, well, uh, not, to, not to point fingers, but uh, liberal Protestants, Oh, you know, uh, where they kind of just baptize the culture. Oh, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, well, yeah. we used to say that uh, divorce was wrong, but now we say, I guess, you know, just so you take care of your children, it's okay. Right. Or, you know, that kind of sliding moral scale in that yep. way. Yep. Uh, because they want to resolve the tension instead of saying to the culture, no, this is bad. Right. 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 So, so avoiding, so avoiding a desire to too quickly, if you will, purify uh, the church of sin that's uprooting the weeds and the wheat. Yeah. Uh, on the other is uh, just sort of absolve. That's uh, uh, no, not not really absolving to ignore the reality of the weeds that are there. The sin is there. That is there. Right. To not sift. I suppose you would yeah. say yeah. the the wheat from the weeds. So, Father, we got about a minute left. Um, what do we do with this? Get used to it. <laughs> <laughs> That was two seconds. I need 50 oh. more. <laughs> so, uh, well, yeah, so what do we do with it is that, you know, one, I think just to, one, I think you can look to, I just maybe invite you to look and see in your Christian life and Christian thinking, you know, where's that tension at play? Do I see uh, the tension between these truths that we have to hold uh, together uh, on certain aspects of the faith? Do I see it? Do I recognize it? Am I compromising in any of those ways in my life? Yep. Um, and then secondly, um, you know, just in my non-theological spiritual life, uh, am I okay with, uh, with tension on things, yeah. you know, and am I willing, you know, as uh, a parent to go into tensions as a boss, to go into tensions, to, uh, to acknowledge them and to, uh, and instead of ignoring them, hoping they'll go away. Yeah. Yeah. 
That's great, Father. Thanks for being here today. Happy to be here. This is this is why I had him on for for hundreds of episodes of Ignition. <laughs> great conversation, and hopefully something for you listeners to take away with you in terms of just living with the reality in which you find yourself, living with that tension by the grace of God. And that will wrap up this episode of Ignition. Again, you can email us ignition at sfcatholic.org with any thoughts, questions, or ideas for future episodes. And until next time, dear listeners, may Almighty God bless you, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.